Welcome, folks, to the footyjumpers.com podcast. This Footy Jumpers is the resource for footy jumper history uh, in Australian football. My name's Rob. I'm one of your hosts. My co-host is Lockie. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. So let's get straight into it. So last week, with a little recap, we went from 1925 to 1950, and today we'll be taking that on by going through 1950 to 1975. So I think just about the last topic we talked about in the last podcast was Hawthorne had adopted their stripes, and now we're pretty much set in the jumpers designs that we know and love today. Is that right, Rob? Pretty much, yes. I mean, Hawthorne, they changed the configuration a little bit, as in, you know, gold with brown stripes, brown with gold stripes sort of thing. Uh, They also fiddled around with different number options. You know, like they had white numbers, they had a brown panel with gold numbers, and then they had that white panel with black numbers, which they ended up using for quite a few years, and then that became like their heritage look for one season and then they actually started wearing it again and wore it again I think when they won the flag in 2008 so Mm. yeah that was pretty much the only change in the early part of the 50s everyone basically wore the same jumpers for the rest of the time Um, yeah and then then you go into well I guess you'd call it the mid 50s um Black and white TV came to Australia and then Fitzroy changed their monogram to white. Now, I don't know whether that was the TV station told them to change or whether they just decided to change because it would make it um, more visible on the black and white telly. But, uh, yeah, probably you know, it might well be the first uh, instance of a TV telling footy clubs, oh, you know what, it would be a lot better if you went this way. Mm. So, Was footy getting more public then as well like more people tuning in and watching oh, it like well, how cer- big was well it? certainly certainly those with tvs yeah, yeah. um uh I, I don't know honestly i don't know what the uptake of tvs was you yeah, know was, uh, in the in the 1950s now. um i guess you know i i didn't come along to a fair bit later i'm not that old but uh yeah our first tv was a black and white tv then it was a color tv and and that was, you know, into the 70s. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, in terms of uh, when the uptake of TV was, that's that's probably research for a, a different researcher. No, yeah, yeah, but more, more like footy is getting more popular now, right? Oh, like that's yeah, why I mean, football. Having that sort of conversation of why they want to change it to white for TV, like obviously they must be picking up a bit Oh yeah, well that that's probably true. I mean, realistically, from World War Two, people are coming back. You know, the fifties were a real boom era. Um, everybody's sort of doing pretty well for themselves, and entertainment was something that you could always spend some money on. So yeah, yeah. footy really started to to grow, and and yeah, as, and it gets such a bigger audience once you don't even have to go to the ground. You don't have to buy a ticket. It's just there. I mean, realistically, they weren't showing live games because they knew that was going to be a bit of a problem. Uh, so they were showing maybe the last quarter live initially, mm. and then you know you'd always get the replays, and uh, you know, and then the shows after the game, or like on Sunday, uh, they'd they'd talk about footy and so on. So 
that was just your weekend. You know, you yeah. you either went to the footy or you, you you knew the footy was on, and then you'd you'd have the replay on that night, and then you might even watch people talking about the game the next day on World of Sport or something similar. Whoa, nothing's changed. Yeah, pretty much, I suppose. <laughs> so that's in the fifties. Just that the heads have changed. <laughs> just the, yeah. Righto, so where are we at? So that was in the 50s. So what's what else is going on throughout the 50s? Well, so that's um, 56. Uh, 57, St Kilda adopted black, like they darkened their jumper. So they, they used to have a white uh, back or a lighter colour. They had black and white, uh, sorry, black and red panels on a white jumper on the back. And they changed that to all black, which is, you know, what they wear today. Um, the When they had a long sleeve version of that jumper, they, um, they, you know, they had black sleeves instead of the white sleeves that they'd been wearing up to that point. But really, I think the biggest factor in footy jumpers in this era was the weather. Um, the the weather. reason I say that, yes, the weather. How does the, uh, how does the weather affect the footy jumpers and... That's an interesting question, let me tell you. So <laughs> so what happened was the the sort of the mentality, even coming out of like your World War Two, um, and like nineteen forty five, right up to the fifties and so on, the mentality was you wore your long sleeve jumper when it rained and you wore your sleeveless jumper when it was dry. And that was just, you know, that was just the way that uh, the Property managers seem to get the kit ready and that's just the accepted thing. That's what you did. Well, then 1957, 58, 59, 60, Melbourne actually had like low rainfall leading up to a drought in 59, 60, 61. So there was just less wet days. And so for all of those... Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so more players are now wearing sleeveless jumpers and then it just becomes that that's just what you wear. And mm. so – and then even when it did rain and, you know, eventually drought breaks, um, 1962, basically everyone's wearing sleeveless jumpers. You know, a long sleeve jumper is really the exception. Um, mm. So – yeah, so then now they're starting to – you're starting to see, like, club photos and so forth, which is where I get that information from. Uh, you know, you go to the 1962, 63, 64 photos, doesn't matter what the weather is now, they're still wearing sleeveless jumpers. Um, and and that's sort of the beginning of that mentality that, well, you know, you're weak if you wear a long sleeve jumper. Um, and there's, there's a, a few coaches – I think Alistair Clarkson, Robert Walls amongst them, that they don't want their players wearing long sleeves. They they want them all to wear sleeveless jumpers. And realistically, it really just comes from necessity or comes from a change in mindset brought on by uh, weather conditions at the time. Mm. And I feel so, like that's only just like recently starting to die out now as well, like in the last sort of 10 years where people are starting to wear more long sleeve jumpers. I mean, before oh, yeah. it was always more like yeah. an, identity, an identity thing, like um, Adam Uze, for example. Yeah, like, there you go. Yeah, well, he had the three-quarter sleeves. sleeves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was more like to stand out, but now it's like you see him all over the place. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're playing more games at night. We're playing, I mean, it's not, I don't think they wear them because they're cold. Uh, I guess the other thing is the perception that it's something else for your opponent to grab hold of to tackle you, whereas uh, the jumpers today are, are quite a bit tighter than they used to be and the material, material is more difficult to grab than it used to be just because mm. it's made of polyester instead of um, acrylic or, you know, back in the day, wool. So uh, it's tighter. It's made, you know, of different uh, material. And so, you know, yeah, just wear them. Um, Melbourne did the did the Guernseys for the Sir Doug Nichols round jumpers and they specifically designed, you know, long sleeve versions with artwork on them um, mm. because they knew that a number of players would be wearing them. So, yeah, it, it really is a bit of a, uh, there's a bit of a return to yeah. the long sleeve jumper, which which doesn't worry me. I think that looks pretty good. Yeah. So, I, I well, you know, if, the other thing, go on, go I on. wonder if, um, you know, do you think that that could be a thing in the future of footy jumper designs if for your long sleeve jumper you do do specific designs for the sleeves? Yeah, I feel it's definitely. always just been yeah. a, a very plain colour. But I, uh, that would be pretty interesting to start seeing because that's something that's never really been around, as you say. Like it was always the weather based, but now it's a bit more freedom in it. It's easier to do some designs well, on the sleeves and that. Exactly, exactly. The other thing that, um, well, the other reason that I think it would be good to go to more long sleeve jumpers is it then diminishes the clashes in Guernseys. So if you said, um, well, for instance, two guys that have sleeveless jumpers on from different clubs, their arms look the same because, you know, unless they've got tats all over them, um, their arms are going to look the same. Whereas if they've got different jumpers on and they're both long sleeve, then you go, well, that's, I mean, unless it's like Essendon, Richmond or Carlton or something. But, you know, like if, if the guy's got a North Melbourne jumper on and they're playing the Bulldogs, all right, well, they're both blue and white. Bulldogs are blue, white and red. Um, but if the Bulldogs have got a long sleeve jumper, it's just that extra uh, point of difference, you know, at least on the arms because the shorts have got shorter, the socks have got shorter. So in terms of what the players are actually wearing, there's just less um, material going around that's in different colours. And so if you could add long sleeve jumpers, I reckon that'd that'd assist at least in, you know, the visual um differentiation, let's call it, between the clubs. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. that'd look cool. Let's let's mount a campaign for long yeah. sleeve jumpers and sell it on that. Sell it on the basis yeah. of it uh, <laughs> probably just for clashes. It probably won't be long before they get uh there'll be sponsorships all up and down the arms too. Oh that's very possible. We're probably getting into uh, podcasts that we've scheduled for about six podcast time. However, that is exactly what I would be thinking. More like your rugby jumpers, you know, like um, rugby jerseys, um, you know, probably finish just above the elbow and then have a nice big sponsor logo on the side, <laughs> Suzuki or whatever you like. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, every chance. So it would be a long sleeve, but it would be a cutoff at what going back to at a muse, you know, that sort of look. Um, yeah. But instead of just a blue jumper because it's Melbourne, well, now you've got a red, purple, whatever logo on the side. 
uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all mm. if that's the next advertising space. I think we'll take this further in the upcoming podcast about the logos and sponsorships. <laughs> yes, we are going to get there. Um, let's do an early teaser. Uh, the next podcast will be the beginning of VFL sponsorships, club sponsorships, and all of the stuff that's gone on to footy jumpers. So, yeah, we'll get to that in the next one. No so, so let's going go back, back to the timeline then. Where were we? Yes, right. So, well, so the 60s, we're all got, um, well, <laughs> as we began, there really aren't a lot of changes throughout the 50s and the 60s uh, and even the early 70s. The, the designs, you know, you go through the designs. Carlton is wearing a navy blue jumper with a CFC monogram. Collingwood is wearing black and white stripes. Essendon's got black with a red sash and so on and so on and so on. They're all pretty much what they wear today. Uh, I guess one thing you can say is Fitzroy uh, lightened, it, not in 68, Fitzroy lightened their colours a little bit. They they certainly lightened the blue. Uh, they added the the lion logo that, you know, the lions wear today. And is that so, the same lion logo? The same lion, I should say? Oh, there's a pointed question. Not really, no. Uh, nah. All right, so it's not exactly the same lion that they use on the Brisbane jumpers. Um, that particular lion logo was made by Scanlon's for Scanlon's footy cards. Uh, Fitzroy had a, a similar standing lion, I'd call it, but it was noticeably different. Uh, they actually used it on some of their membership tickets. Uh, they certainly used it on their Guernseys from 1968 to 1979, and it was a it, well, it was a different lion to the one that Scanlon's had, although it was very similar. Now, the thing with that was uh, the VFL in 1976, they decided that every club was going to have a club logo based on the nickname of that club. So, well, the Carlton one was like in a shield, Collingwood was the magpie, uh, Essendon was the bomber, and so on and so on. So for six of those clubs, they used existing, um, what would you call it, intellectual property, you know, they used six logos that the clubs were already using, like South Melbourne. Uh, but for six other clubs, they basically took the Scanlon's footy card logos and they used those as the club logos. Oh. And so, yeah, so yeah. so they so Fitzroy's new club logo was not their own line. It was the Scanlon's footy club logo that the VFL just said, yeah, we're going to go with that lion, and that's it. And so, you know, all of the shields we're getting into next week, all of the shields had <laughs> royal blue, irrespective of what the club colours were, because that signified the VFL. And then, you know, the the club name, Lions, Fitzroy Football Club, and then the Scanlon's Footy Club, Footy Card Lion. Um, North Melbourne, I think, had the one from Scanlon's, whereas... Uh, South Melbourne had the South Melbourne logo. Right, so, so that was their yeah, own one. Theory. Yeah, yeah. So some clubs, Carlton was using the logo that they ended up putting in the VFL logo that had already been Carlton's logo, for example. So, yeah. So that's basically what happened with the um, with the lot with the Lion logo. 
Yeah, right. Yeah. And they'd actually be only become the Lions uh, back when 1956 that we talked about earlier. They became the Lions when they changed to the white monogram. They also changed from the Gorillas to the Lions. So, so they were the Gorillas previously. Yeah, yes. And then before that, the Maroons. Mm. Why would they Because they the wore Maroon. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it was because they wore Maroon. They were <laughs> called the Maroons. Is that, that why Carlton probably... are called the Blues? It is. The old dark navy blues, yes, <laughs> because they wear an old dark navy. Gee, that's very inventive back in the day. <laughs> uh, look, they, they knew how to describe things <laughs> back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, they um, – I'm trying to think of somebody else that was known by their colours. Um, what, what about the reds? I think Hawthorne were the Maybloom's, which are, is a brown and yellow flower. That'll be gee, that's gee, nice. Gee, that would have been a great club name, the Hawthorne Maybloom's. <laughs> well, would have been a terrific VFL logo. I think Hawks probably is a little more aggressive and a little more like a <laughs> football club. But, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. The May Blooms. Yeah, there's a few. Melbourne were the Fuchsias. So the what? They were the Fuchsias at one point. What's that? Another flower. Gee whiz. A lot of flowers yeah. going on. Gee, that would have been great to have all the, these different flower logos. Surely that's a bit better than the Demons or the Hawks. Uh, you would have thought so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, Fuchsias like a red flower. Mm, interesting. Sort of pink, really. Yeah. But, well, like a hot pink than red. Mm. But, you know, breast cancer awareness. Maybe it's breast cancer awareness pink. Maybe that's the thing. Uh. So they wear them. I think they wear them. Well, actually, I don't remember if they still wear them. <laughs> they used to do that every season, but now um, I'm not sure that that's actually the case anymore. Hmm. I wonder, so why yeah, that I've is... said that, I'm going to look it up on the excellent footyjumpers.com website and tell you that uh, <laughs> they haven't actually done a field of women cancer awareness jumper since 2018. 2018, wow. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, uh, so then it was, uh, that's taken us through the 60s, um, yes. going into the 70s. So sort of the start of well, the 70s. Well, Where before we, we get, so yeah, so when we get to the, the, the 60s, I, again, Moving back to weather and um, its effect, <laughs> weather had as much of an effect on the look of football as anything else in this era that we're talking about, 1950 to 1975. And the reason I say that for the second time is it did actually rain again. And so wow. the drought broke and now footballers, still in mostly sleeveless jumpers, are now wearing a woolen Guernsey in, you know, wet and muddy conditions. They're playing at Glenferry Oval. They're playing at, you know, play, Windy Hill, places that just get super muddy and, um, you know, it's no fun. And so acrylic was actually um, popular during the, uh, well, effectively World War Two was when they really pushed the use of it, certainly for clothing. And... Acrylic is lighter when wet. Um, it reflects light slightly better than wool does. 
And so what that means is it just appears brighter. So footy jumpers just look brighter just because, you know, the, the blues were bluer, the reds were redder. Um, well, the blacks weren't any different probably, the whites weren't any different either. So Collingwood looked the same. But, you know, everybody else, uh, the colours were a little more brighter and a little more interesting. And so that was the move to acrylic to basically combat the wet weather that was the late 1960s um, right up you know, into the 70s. Uh, so now, I, I mean, personally, I find an easy way to distinguish the, the acrylic jumpers from the wool Guernseys is that the acrylic ones are more likely to have the V-neck and the wool ones, the older style type ones, they're more likely to have a button-up, you know, the old school button-up collars. Now, that's not necessarily the case because there were acrylic jumpers made with the button-up collars, but realistically, you know, in the most part, it also saw a move to get rid of the collars uh, as much as anything because it was just another thing to grab. And with the acrylic jumpers, the V-neck was just enough to, you know, tie everything, basically break up where the, the knitting finished and, uh, you know, put a collar on. Plus it was something that you could do in another colour and and add some sort of uh, design to the jumper. Yeah, right. So is this going throughout the whole competition, like everybody's made a change? Eventually, yes. Uh, not, I mean, not everybody changed on one day. And the other thing you'll find is that not everybody from a team changed at the same time. So, for instance, uh, Peter Hudson, for example, from what I, uh, you know, talking to the people at Hawthorne, he wore the same number 26 Guernsey in every game that he played. Um, now, that there's probably a, you know, there might be some where he's uh, got a different Guernsey because they've changed the design or, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure whether that's, 100%. That's what I've been told by the people at Hawthorne, that he always wore exactly the same Guernsey. Mm. And the thing with that is, uh, you know, that jumper's more than likely a wool jumper because it's from the 60s, um, but he was sort of playing, you know, right up into the 70s, from the 60s into the 70s. Uh, so, and and during that time, they've changed designs. Now, you know, it, from what the Hawthorne people are saying, yeah, he's just wore, wearing exactly the same jumper. So, you know, different people, even in the same team photo, again, wear, you know, slightly different jumpers. And realistically, mm. we see that, you know, the next time we see that is when the new uh, sublimation printing jumpers come out, which is 1996. And, you know, some players will wear the old school acrylic jumpers and some players will wear the new polyester sublimated jumpers, which is the jumpers that we have today. And you know, in the same team photos. Yeah, right. Yeah, so so yes, the answer is it was adopted by different players at different times, but eventually everyone ends up wearing the same stuff. Yeah, yeah, just slowly gets away through throughout the AFL. So then Yeah. So what so colour TV, that's in what, the early seventies? Mid mid seventies, I should say. 5, five. Yeah, so seventy five is when Color TV comes to Australia. Now, what happened was in seventy four, a few clubs sort of 
tested some uh, some options. So Fitzroy, uh, they lightened the shade of the maroon jumpers that they were wearing. Uh, they also had these multicolored, oh, they're multicolored socks. They're, they're still Fitzroy colors, but they're maroon socks with blue tops and then blue and yellow bars, call it, you know, blue and yellow stripes on the inside of them or the you know, in, through the middle of them. Uh, so was depending that, was on... That very different for the time? Very. Yeah, well, they were more like rugby socks than footy socks, in fact. Mm. You'd, um, realistically, I think probably eastern suburbs in the rugby league wore the same design, but they wore them in red, white and blue, whereas Fitzroy wore them in maroon, blue and gold. Yeah. Well. Oh, and the other thing is they they adopted gold instead of white in 1974. Mm. Uh, the other thing is North Melbourne started wearing uh, around 19, 1974, North Melbourne had got blue shorts made and they wore blue shorts and they were so happy with them. I think they wore them in almost every game. There was a one or two exceptions, but from then on they wore blue shorts and that's right up until the grand final of 1974, which they were in, and um, they played against Richmond, you know, in blue shorts on black and white telly. Uh, <laughs> but that was to test the cameras, test the – because, you know, the, the TV stations actually had the cameras, they had the technology, they just weren't broadcasting it because they wanted to make sure it all worked. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, so that was – so that's – having said, you know, nothing changed from 1950 to 1974, we've just talked for half an hour about all the different changes and how everything changed. <laughs> but, yeah, basically that brings us up to the – probably the, the biggest change in certainly the VFL football, and that's the introduction of coloured TV – and that's probably an episode. It could almost be an episode in itself. Like, yeah. you know, it really changed changed everything in terms of footy. You know, some clubs just changed their jumpers. They had the same jumpers. You know, like I've said, you know, the last 25 years we've kept a look, we've identified this is our brand, if you call it that today. This is what we look like. This is who we are. And then someone from... Channel 7 or whoever else comes along and goes, yeah, yeah that's not going to work for us. And then uh, Melbourne changes to Royal Blue. Footscray has different um, configuration. Well, they basically put the red band inside the white band. Mm. Um, Richmond and Essendon had to widen their sashes so you could really see their colours. Uh, yeah, a lot of different changes. Everyone starts wearing coloured shorts with a few exceptions. Uh, Collingwood and St Kilda, for example. Um, yeah. who have black, mostly black jumpers, they wore black shorts, but everybody else was wearing coloured shorts. Yeah, yeah, 1975 is really There's the big change. There's a lot going on in that period. So Absolutely. A yeah. juicy one, lots of, lots of points and topics to go through on the next episode. Oh, yeah. Well, look, 75, all of those changes. 76, everyone gets VFL logos on everything. Yeah. 77, uh, Carlton... Tell the AF, the VFL, they weren't the AFL this time. Um, you know, they're uh, Carlton. Tell them, well, if you're going to have logos, we're going to have logos. Yeah. So, all of that next time. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Well, that would yeah. be a great one. Well, I think that's a very good place to wrap up. We've given a taste of what we'll be going through next week. This one, as you said a few times there, Rob, it's not a lot happening throughout this period, but that's because basically from 1975 that's where we start seeing a lot of changes oh yeah yeah then it goes crazy i mean yeah yeah. to recap this episode it stopped raining and then it rained again and uh and because it stopped raining there were changes to how players or the guernsey players wore and then when it started raining again they changed the material the jumpers were made of there you go yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Excellent. All righty. Well, thanks again for everyone for listening in. We'll yeah. uh, again. There's links for the Footy Jumpers website, and yeah, if there'll be any information that we need to be provide. We'll go through there. We'll send you a link, and you can look at the jumpers for the time. Yeah. Thanks for listening yeah. in. Yeah. We'll put up. I'll put up the uniform from Fitzroy. I'll put up. Uh, yeah, a few different jumpers that may have changed. Fit. Uh, foot, Hawthorne. Sorry. Hawthorne with a brown number panel, gold numbers. That was a beauty. Uh, you couldn't read the numbers, but looked nice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got links to all those, and so you guys can check them out yourself. Get a good little yeah. mental image to go along with this. And yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode, and we'll go through all the immense changes that Color TV brings in. Awesome. Alrighty, thanks, guys. All right, thanks very much, guys. Talk Cheers. to you next time. Bye. See ya.